TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Here is your host. And we're back. Very pleased that we have with us right now Rabbi Yisrael Kahan. He's a community leader, executive director of Ozrim Jewish Council, and we're very upset to find that some Jewish girls from New York were kicked off a plane in Amsterdam twice. Twice. It's plain wrong. It's plain anti-Semitism. Rabbi Yisrael Kahan joins us. He's an activist. Rabbi Kahan, good luck. Thank you for being part of our show tonight. Good, good. Thank you. I I know that you're an Askin. You're so much involved with the Jewish community, executive director of the Eisenman Jewish Council. So tell us about these 18 girls that were kicked off twice over KLM and Delta. What's going on? So is um, just to correct. Echo, yeah, go it. ahead. Yes. So it's um, just to correct the record, they weren't kicked off twice, technically. The first time they were not allowed on. So basically, this is Rabbi Sternbuch's trip to Ukraine, to McCormick's Agdoshan. You had a group of about 55 or 56 from girls from mostly uh, New York, some New Jersey, some Canada, who went on this trip. And they're coming from New York. They had to take two flights, uh, connecting flights which meant New York, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Ukraine, and the same on the way back. So they, on the flight to Amsterdam two weeks ago, they were given a hard time by uh, the flight crew. And we all know, you know, since 9-11, airline crews were given, you know, high power. Now with COVID, even more so. For the most part, they do an amazing job. It's a stressful job. But all of us, especially frequent flyers, have encountered those who go on a power trip and use their authority to just take it out on people. It's not the first time people were thrown off flights with babies, with special needs kids, from people, non from people, it's all across the board. But this particular group was having a hard time on the flight from New York to Amsterdam. They landed the Shulam, everything was fine. They continued to Ukraine. Thursday, they landed back in Amsterdam to connect to the flight back to New York. And it is there where when they came to board the second flight, 18 of the 56 girls were not allowed onto the plane. So, you know, when, you, when you're boarding, they board you in groups and everything. The chaperone was already on the plane and being responsible as she is, is checking everybody's in the seat, everybody's okay, and there are people missing. She says, what's going on? She finds out that they're not on the, they're not on the plane. She wants to leave and see what's going on, and they don't let her off because once you're boarded, once you board an international flight, there are you know you can't you can't leave right uh-huh. run, exactly. They threaten to arrest us. She said, "You can arrest me. I have 18 girls who are my responsibility, whether they're teenagers, whether they're adults. Technically, it doesn't matter." She managed to fight her way off. This Borough Park woman, very very um, brave of her to you know to manage to, uh, responsible, but. She came up, she stayed there with them, and the plane took off with the rest of the crew, with the group, and these stayed behind. So everybody started making phone calls. Some people live in Borough Park, some in Willisburg, some in Monty. Um, the, the heavy lifting, I have to say this before we go any further, Rabbi Moshe David Niedemann from UJO 
did the heavy lifting, and he really started, you know, the ball rolling on this. Um, he reached out to Senator Schumer, to Congresswoman Velasquez, um, there's uh, Askin and Baba, Rabiel Roosevelt, who reached out to, I believe, Assemblyman Sinha Eichenstein, who reached out to uh, Congressman Meeks. Um, everybody started making phone calls. I reached out to Senator Gillibrand's office, and we started trying to see what can happen. In the meantime, I reached out to some contacts in Europe, and I was put in touch with Askin in, in Amsterdam, and I got a hold of an attorney in who lived in Holland and Amsterdam, and he right away went down, a father and son um, attorney, the Lowenstein. They went down to the airport to try and work out the legal issues. Um, they were going to be charged $3,000, 2,000 euro. Um, who, who, who was going to be charged? Who was going to be charged? These, these, 18, these 18 girls. Eight, they were going to be charged each? Right, each, and, each of them. Um, you know, so they... It's, it's two thousand. I think it was two thousand euro, but about two and a half to three thousand dollars is what they're going to be charged, plus a fee for the luggage, and they, um, they, uh, you know, in order to release the luggage, they couldn't go into Holland either because they didn't have, they didn't fill out the immigration papers for Holland. They were technically transients. They were just catching a connecting flight, and with COVID, everything gets even more complicated. Basically, you had. One chaperone with 18 girls, 17, 18-year-olds, stuck in the airport, no kosher food, nowhere to go, just basically captive there. Now, the funny part is, though, that when you look at the list of the 18 girls, they're all in alphabetical order from the letters A through K. So I know KLM released a statement saying that they're very um, strict uh, with, with COVID rules and everything else. But it's very interesting that you have 18 girls who violated the rules, allegedly violated the rules on the uh, on the uh, first leg of the trip, and they again violated the second time. Nobody from the letters M, nobody from the letters no Wurzburger, you know. It, it, it's very interesting when you have that. KLM responded saying, oh, this was one group setting. So this was basically that the tickets were made in bunches, so this 18 were a bunch. So that's not an answer. That just makes it even, that raises the question even more. So you're telling me all 18 were not cooperating? Or some of them... Don't they have to prove it? And on whose say, Sir Robert Kahan, do they say 18 people is a lot of people? So they're saying each and every one of those 18 girls in alphabetical order didn't cooperate in what sense? Don't they have to document it? They just throw them off without just just say so? And twice. And And, and on two occasions. So, so what so what does KLM and what does Delta say about this? So here's the thing. KLM, on the flight from Kiev to Holland, okay, they were giving the girls a very difficult time. You can't eat now. It's not mealtime. Zev, you're flown. Have you ever heard of such a thing, mealtime? I can take out my kosher tuna sandwich. You need it whenever. At any time, right. Absolutely. But it, so, but you know, when, and, and I'll be honest with you. You know, we have teenagers. We all, we... We know how kids are. The first minute you think, you know, maybe the kids didn't behave. But then, you know, wait a minute. Step back a second. 18 girls, all of them, whether it's alphabetical order or whether whether it's one group booking, it doesn't matter how you slice it. It's very suspicious when you have a group and all of them violated or are you taking them all off because some of them violated? 
Now, do they have any footage? Are there any footage? I know in certain past flights we've covered where there was footage of where they took religious Jews off the plane where people filmed it. Anybody film the situation? So, yes. There are some stuff. Um, well, first of all, the security, I don't know if he's the head of security, there's a picture of him. He is um, definitely in a supervisory position. He refused to show his picture, and he was kind of jeering the girl, saying, you're not going to get onto the plane. You're not going to get onto the plane. And then the following day, when they were booted from the plane, actually removed from the plane, he was there again. He, at some point, held onto their passport, said that if you're going to, you have to delete all your pictures. So there are many pictures that were deleted. Thankfully, some of them took pictures on their smartphone, which we were able to retrieve from the trash, including, and I'll get to this to the second flight, um, some footage where there's testimonial from non-Jewish travelers. So the flight left. Congressman of Alaska, Congresswoman of Alaska called, um, contacted Delta, and they were very gracious. The CEO, Ed Bastian, his office got right onto it. Since Delta and KLM have a partnership, they, off, they operate some joint flights. Um, and the, the office of the CEO called to these 18 families and got made them bookings for the following day. Now, me personally, we already had worked with the families to get uh, myself and others to get them onto a United flight earlier. My personal opinion was, you know, fool me once, shame on you. You're not going to, you know, fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to give you that opportunity. But again, you have kids stuck in Europe. Parents spent a lot of money on, on, on tickets and the tour. Right now, they were going to have to buy new tickets to United. It just was simpler. Delta said, we'll absorb everything, no penalties, no fees, no change, anything. We'll just put bookings for you. We'll reserve the seats for you and Shulam Alisro. So parents said, made a decision, you know what, let's go by that. I'm just a shliach for them. I'm a mediator. I'm not making decisions for them. So they decided not to take the United bookings, which was approximately 9 o'clock Friday morning. They took the Delta booking. When they get to the airport, I mean, they were in the airport overnight. When they get to book the second flight, the same security guy was there giving them a hard time, just being, you know, you know, on a power trip. They get onto the plane. We were in touch with them. There were other issues that needed to be sorted out. Um, finally, I'm talking to the chaperone. We're boarding. Security was giving some people issues, including her. In the very last minute, everybody's in the plane. My wife says, can you go to sleep now? It's really 4.15, like a nigga's going to Baruch Hashem, the night's over. The girls are coming home. Five minutes later, the phone rings again. I said, Oivai, what's now? She called me. They said, We're de-planing. they're deplaning us. I said, what's now? One of the girls was sitting next to a woman, non-Jewish woman, not affiliated with the trip, who was traveling to New York with her son. This woman is from Long Island. She was traveling with her son, but they couldn't put them together. So she asked a girl from the, one of the from girls from the group, plus another passenger, do you mind to swap with me so I can spend the time with my son? We've all done that. You're sitting next to the window. I want to sit next to my son. It's a normal thing. It's legal. It's 100%. Why not? Make a Kiddush Hashem. Be a mensch. Swap seats. The minute they swap the seats, like stewardess made a beeline to the girl, you're off the plane. You violated rules. We cannot trust you that you're going to behave. You're off the plane. Last chance. So the attorney told them, do not leave the plane. Do not get off the plane unless they deplane everybody. Because then you have no choice. 
adjust yourself, do not stay seatbelted, stay in your seat. So they had no choice. They had to deplane the entire flight, everybody off the plane. In the meantime, um, Rabbi Rosenfeld was calling, reaching out. I called to the uh, assistant of the uh, Delta CEO, and he was reaching out to Senator Schumer's office. But it's 4 o'clock in the morning. We're just trying, you know, what can we do? We also had, I have to mention this, some of the journalists in, in there to throw. One of them reached out to me and put me in touch with a, a lobbyist in Knesset, Miss um, Moses, Heidi Moses, and she put me in touch with some some Stadlunum in, in, in Amsterdam. So everybody's working, but it's 4 o'clock in the morning. You're not reaching anyone. Finally, this assistant calls back Rabbi Rosenfeld, and they start going back and forth. For an hour and a half, the plane was delayed, but in the end, they put everyone back onto the plane, with the exception of these 18 girls and the chaperone. Now, Baruch Hashem, being this crazy hour and not having slept, Hashem put this, you know, Shuvah in my mind, get a video, get a, a testimony, testimony on video. So I asked the chaperone, asked the woman if she would make a statement, and she said, absolutely, and I actually tweeted it out. And she put the statement out there, the girl said her part, the woman was allowed back on the plane despite violating the rule. The other non-Jewish passenger who had also been involved in the swap was allowed back in the room. It's only these 18 girls and the chaperone. It's, outra- it's outrageous, Rabbi Kahan. I want to come back. I want to continue our conversation. Rabbi Yisrael Kahan is documenting. He's executive director of the Ozium Jewish Council. How 18 Jewish girls were forced off a plane. Caleb and Delta supposedly are violating the rules, but this is plain discrimination, plain wrong, plain anti-Semitism. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now your host. Welcome back to the program. Mom Zev Brenner, Rabbi Yisrael Kahan is with us, community leader, executive director of Ozrum Jewish Council. And we are looking at how KLM and Delta grounded, expelled, threw off 18 Jewish girls, wouldn't let them on to their connecting flight to New York. And uh, we're taking some of your phone calls. It's got to stand in Forest Hills. Your question for our guests. Go ahead, Stan. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. I'm having difficulty understanding him. I'm still trying to figure out what exactly happened. I- I'm sorry. His explanation to me, I, I-, I don't understand the reasoning they were taking off. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, first of all, let me ask this question because there's really two. Does this have anything to do with COVID and wearing masks at all? Rabbi Khan. What? Yeah, I'm going to let Rabbi Khan respond to you. So there's two flights that we're talking about. The first flight is the final leg of the journey, KLM flight 
from Amsterdam to New York where they were not allowed on, supposedly because they were not cooperating. They didn't give them a reason. They didn't tell them why they were taken off. But on the prior flight, a few hours earlier, when they were traveling from Ukraine to Holland, the flight crew was driving them nuts, saying, oh, adjust your mask, adjust your mask. Ah, you can't eat okay. now. Why can't you eat now? I can eat whenever I want. You can choose to serve meals whenever you wish, but you cannot tell a passenger you can't eat. So well, okay, now, now, okay. Have... Well, let me ask this question of you, sir. Now I understand what to, because I'm trying to figure out if uh, it had to do with serving food. Uh, that they serve food on. First of all, KLM is not known, as far as I know, I've traveled, as anti-Semitic in any way. I've, I've never heard any incidents with them before. But not... it's possible that the they serve food. Again, this is I, you know better than me. They serve food on the airlines, and they serve it at a specific time. And it's possible that uh, uh, they didn't adjust to what KLM was going to do, and so KLM figured they're, the 18. I don't know. Take, they're entitled to take out their own tuna sandwich and eat it whenever they see fit. KLM cannot dictate when you can eat or not eat. Was that, well, is that what this is about, dietary situation? Because I, I didn't understand I initially. Is that what this is about? We don't. We don't know what this is about, and again, this doesn't You're mean just that telling me that it is. KLM or I'm telling you a story that happened. Well, what is the, the fact? Well, he, he's telling you the facts. These 18 young ladies, in alphabetical order, were thrown off the plane. They were not allowed to continue their journey, supposedly on the on the theory that they, or at least what they're claiming, is they didn't follow the rules. And the question that Robert Kahn has raised is how could 18 girls in alphabetical order, you know, what rules were they breaking? And they came up with all kinds of concoctions is that they want a couple of them change seats or they're eating when they shouldn't be eating. This is all well, a smokescreen. On the second flight. I'm sorry, the what? Changing seats was on the second flight. On the second flight, the okay. changing seat was on the second flight where they were already, this was already organized by Delta Corporate headquarters they or they put rebooked them on a delta flight they were already sitting in the plane ready to to um back from the back away from the gate push back and they were taken off because and they were told because you swapped seats with a passenger so have you ever swapped the seats with a passenger on the plane your wife is at the window and you should you should be thrown off for that of course i understand that exactly yeah and but let me ask this question go ahead there's go ahead, testimony sir. from a person on the plane who I have, and I tweeted it out saying that she asked the girl, she's the one who initiated, but she was allowed back on the plane, as was the other, other gentleman who also was part of this terrible scheme of swapping the seat on the plane. There's other people who I've spoken to who are on the plane who reached out to me after, and have reached out to Hamadiyah, and I have to give a shout out to Hamadiyah. Ruben did a fantastic job because other than my tweet, you know, there was some, Chavre uh, Haraydin did a, um, brought it to light, Channel 12, but otherwise it was non-existent until over Shabbos now when Fox and Business Insider and other started covering it. So thank you, Zeph, for bringing this to the attention. Well, let me this ask you a question. Is... Uh, go, go ahead, did, and then we're going to move on. Did KLM make any statement as to why they did it? Have they made any statement at all? So KLM, prior to understand, there was four trips, one to Holland, next one to Ukraine, then return trips. They were not allowed on the fourth part of the journey. On the fourth leg, they were banned from the plane. They were banned. There was one KLM security guard on the ground who was very, very obnoxious and very rude to the girls, and he was refusing to show ID, 
He threatened to confiscate the passports until they delete all footage. You're entitled to take video. On what grounds can on what grounds can tell people not to, not to to delete because, their footage? What authority has, does he have? Because he has, exactly because he has a big flashlight that he's at the airport and you're at his mercy. But have they made a statement? Did they make a statement and saying why they did it? You're telling me you haven't said they made it. Have they made a statement about this whole situation? So prior, prior to the um, to the fourth, so the Delta incident, which was the time when they were taken off the plane. After they were banned, and on Friday they sent out a message saying safety is a top priority, and there's a group of girls who didn't. Uh, follow um, crew instructions on board. So when they arrived to Amsterdam, they were cautioned and said that they will not be allowed to, and that's why they were not allowed back onto the plane. Um, the 18 girls, the one group, the A to K, they're not eating when they want to eat because the crew said it's not a, a designated eating time. The booting them for the for swapping the avira, swapping seats with someone else. None of that is explained. And when you have a security guard who refuses to show his name and threatens. Uh, passport confiscation to delete footage and kept on telling them I told you you're not going to get on the plane you're not going to get onto the plane you know, they have a lot of answers now Has KLM apologized or made any statement? You're still not responding Sam, he said that they they gave that blank and said they didn't give a real a real situation here Well, I don't know, I'd like to hear their response. It sounds to me like this has happened, by the way, I think that there may be some uh, overtone of anti-Semitism, but there have been more incidents on planes over the last year, hundreds from different airlines related to passengers and so forth. I'm not saying it isn't. It may be anti-Semitism. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of anti-Semitism. But let me ask you, we're going to move on, but uh, sure. thank you, Stan, for your call. But right. the problem is, is in alphabetical order, they kick people off. It's not logical, except if you want to kick people off. What do you off. mean alphabetical order? They kicked off 18 girls from A yeah. to B. Anybody, you know, let's say from A to the letter M. So if your name was um, uh, Nirenberg, you, you wouldn't have been kicked off, but if your name was Goldberg, because you followed an alphabetical... And they actually, that's what they thought of, to take they, them They by took up by alphabetical, that's what... Well, that's the fact. That's, that's I'm asking, fact. I don't know, I'm asking. That's, that's what Rabbi Khan is of, saying. All of, yeah, all of the 18 girls' last names begin with the letters A through K. Nobody with the letters A through K were allowed on, and nobody with the letters uh, L to Z were kicked off. That's a fact. So KLM tried to say... So KLM tried to say that this was done in group bookings, and they threw off the entire group. So let me ask KLM a question. If you had a group of Muslims traveling and one Muslim misbehaved, would you dare throw off the entire group? Absolutely not. You wouldn't do this to African Americans. You wouldn't do this to Latinos. You wouldn't do this to Chinese. We're in a world now, a woke society, where we're bending over backwards to accommodate Everybody and anybody except Orthodox Jews. Exactly. Stan, thank you for your phone call. By the way, have you consulted a lawyer? Yes, we actually had an attorney in uh, in, in Amsterdam, but we actually uh, we have some lawyers that I've uh, reached out to, and there's going to be meetings with uh, in conjunction with Rabbi David Niederman, who again, DJO. I have to give them credit; they do a lot of great work. And he was up at night, his office, his staff. Uh, they really um, blew this open and got the attention. I think they should be sued. They should be sued for for harassment. Let's go to David and Borapur. Your question for our guests. Go ahead, David and BP. Yeah, Yeah, hi, uh, hi, uh, um, Zev, and your guest. Uh, First of all, before I get to to Rock, 
First of all, before I get to my main point, Zev, I, I'm sorry to say this, but you're giving Stan from Queens way, way too much. Uh, David, you're not running the show. He, yeah, we have we have an open one. forum, yeah. and Stan can voice his opinion. You may not agree I with it. I may not agree with what we're doing. Anyway, you want to make your point because we're out, almost yeah. out of time. Go yes. ahead, your question, okay. Rebecca Hahn. Okay, my points are a couple of things. First of all, I want to say thank you to all the, you know, Askarnim, uh, uh, and everybody that tried to reach out on an emergency basis to all the politicians and so on. But my point is that's not enough these days. That's not enough. That's enough for the immediate problem to take care of the girls to come home. Yes, you have to reach out to, to all contact in the government and so on. But on a, on a regular basis to teach these airlines a, uh, a lesson, just like Israel is teaching Ben and Jerry's and Unilever a lesson, that they cannot continue doing this, you have to do more drastic measures. I like make demonstra big demonstrations against the, uh, Delta and KLM, make, uh, take a, um, uh, a caravan of cars and, and drive through the Delta terminal and in, in let's say, JFK, and, and stop traffic there. You have to bring it out into the open. You have to teach these guys a lesson. It's not enough these days just to do it through Ascanim and so on. You have, to, you have to get out this information, that the pressure to cover it, and, and, and put all these airlines, this is not the first time, not the second time, not the third time, and put all these airlines in a bad light that are doing this to Orthodox Jews, they'll never do again. And your guest was right. They would never do this to Muslims. They would never do this to black Americans, and they would never do this to Chinese. Exactly, and that's what we got to speak out. Okay, David, you made your point. David, you made your point. And I'm going to let Rabbi Kahan respond to you. Go ahead, Rabbi Kahan. Okay, so so it's interesting that, uh, you know, I was saying um, to someone this Shabbos, we had incidents with Jewish people, with non-Jewish people, and we spoke about the power trip that some airline employees have taken. Um, it's funny that when ice cream, the ice cream incident, everybody threw out their ice cream, stopped buying it, stopped stocking it in their stores. I said, well, how many, I bet you that tonight, as we speak, there are people who are flying or who have bookings with some of these airlines who have acted very inappropriately and refuse to apologize to Florida just because it's cheap. Absolutely. If from Jews would get together, we would absolutely... Uh, make you know make a statement. However, what I what I the way I see it, Yaakov Avini said, You have to do a little bit of all. Delta, I have to give them credit. They stepped up to the plate and tried to do the right thing. Whatever happened at 4 a.m. Yes, understand it was 4 a.m. in New York when this was transpiring in Holland. I trust, and we have to give them a chance to do what's right. Okay. If they don't, then yes, we need to take it to the next level, and we have to protest. We have to do whatever we can do with our elected officials. Anybody who is a diamond medallion or any other level of Delta um, um, executive club should reach out and send a letter saying, hey, I fly a million miles. I have 20 million miles in my account. I demand an answer. We want an official apology. We want, this is how we do stuff. Before we go rough, before we go with a fight, with a boycott, everything, people, travel agents, corporate accounts, stuff like that who have partnerships with them, can make a huge impact. 
Anyway, Dave, thank you for your phone call. Listen, you first got to go through the regular channels, but uh, here's the thing, though, is that I'm not sure if a boycott would help unless you get a lot of people, but maybe going after the stocks, the stockholders, which may be in the case of Unilever, might be more effective than even just a boycott of Ben & Jerry's ice cream. Right. And the other thing if I, was, I would mention, Zev, again, as I said before, when I this whole thing started with a tweet. And when I got the first phone call, I was a little skeptical. You know, we, we all teenage, we were all teenagers at a point. We know how kids can act. You want to be done like of the kids, but you don't want to go all out guns blazing without knowing the facts. So I did a lot of research, spoke to, par- to parents, family members, siblings, the chaperone and others. And we realized we had something which even if, I say even if there was some minor violation of something of COVID. There's ways to deal with it. You don't punish 18 people. You don't group them together, you know, and, and remove them. Why and it's, it's, also, it's also rubber kind of collective punishment. Let's say that one or two or three or four did something wrong. Let's say for argument's sake. I, I'm not saying that they did, but if you kick out 18 in alphabetical order because you have, you, you, they're part of a group. I never heard of you kicking off a group of a few people did something wrong. This this whole thing smells. smells very, very badly. And, and the same thing also goes to our, you know, you have Amadia that covered it. They've had it online. They had it in print the next day. The Jewish sites do have an impact. Whether, you know, um, Ami reached out on Friday. They wanted to cover the story. Each and every Jewish media outlet, yourself, Zev, whether it's on, 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 on live talk shows or it's in print or it's in digital or social media, anybody who has a Facebook account, anybody who has Twitter, or uh, Insta- I don't know, all these shimers that they have out there. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn is very good because that's also a business account, and people I should bombard them, absolutely. Abs- what else can people do as we close out, Rabbi Kahan? Be mindful that we are Jews, we are Angulas, and, you know, always try to do what's right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have the vaccine passport on my phone just because when somebody accuses me, and they're wrong because they wouldn't do it to anyone of a different ethnic group, I can say, hey, just for your information, here's my vaccine proof, but not, not that it's your business. So when you're traveling, we have needs, we are different, we need to daven, we need to have a unit, we need to uh, get off in time because Shabbos and other stuff. Just be a little bit, you know, on the low key, on the down and low, and take, you know, try to swallow bite it. But if you see something like this, which appears to be blatant anti-Semitism by at least some employees there, we need to make it known and, and, and not let young girls be after, you know, on, on, on the airline. And, and I said we do have to speak out if we see it. Listen, if you let anti-Semitism fester, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. So you got to nip it in the Absolutely. bud. So if they did it to 18 girls this time, they got away with it, they will do it to 36 girls the next time or 36 Jews the next time. So all these airlines, all these companies have to put on notice that Jews are not fair game. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, you know, they were blacklisted. These girls are blacklisted now for Delta and KLM. On top of this, to add insult to injury, if they want to book a flight now, their names are banned. Rabbi Gahan, I, I, I definitely recommend a lawsuit to sue the airline based on discrimination. And if you get some of the lawmakers to speak out, that's great. But I think a lawsuit is in order here. Uh, you know, you can wait the next couple of days and see what the, what they say. But it just seems to me 
and that if this if the facts are the way that it, that uh, that it looks like that you're kicking them off in alphabetical order with no you have to have proof also they can't just say okay, I kick you off because because you did well, what do they do proof do they have witnesses it's just something which is arbitrary and yes they can't fight it when they're on the plane but now that they're off the plane their legal rights should not be violated Rabbi Yisrael Khan I want I, I want to thank you on the table. yes. Everything's on the table. Everything's on the table, including a lawsuit. And before we go, I wanted to thank you, Zev, and thank you, Ezra, for putting us together. Because, as you said, we cannot ignore it. We cannot let it fester and grow worse. And, you know, in the right way, in the proper channels, we need to challenge it. If it means a lawsuit, absolutely. Thank you for bringing this to, you know, the attention. And Good. I'm going to squeeze in, I'm going to squeeze in one last phone call. Shlomo, I believe, from Brooklyn. You have a quick question or comment for our Go ahead, Shlomo. Yes. Shlomo, are you there? What's your question or comment? That the, um, the reason why they, they were banned is because they heard one side. In Judaism, we say, they heard the side of that, that vicious anti-Semite. They heard his side. And now, now they have to hear the truth. And the truth is that they should, uh, they should give two tickets to each girl and apologize publicly. And put an ad in the paper, we made a terrible mistake. And not even mention anti-Semitism. We kicked, we kicked these people off, and uh, it's a terrible mistake. They were coming from Israel. Religious Jewish girls were coming from Israel. We kicked them off. We give each of them two round-trip tickets to Israel for them or their family. In other words, they heard one side only. That's why they're acting that way. They didn't hear the, uh, the truth. They, they heard Sheker. No, because they can listen. What part of happens here is when even if an employee is wrong, the parent company likes to protect their employees. That's what That's it smacks what like. Not only was he wrong, but he lied. He lied. Whatever he said to them, he said all the girls did this. They screamed. They he, they took his side. So they have to have a, a, an objective hearing with maybe even a, a Jewish judge from New York or from Holland listening in and hear both sides, and then they have to apologize. I have no problem. With, I have no problem with that. Okay, thank you for your phone. You, don't, you can't harm the airline too much because people have to use those airlines. No, but the airlines have. But the airlines can't get it. They have to know that they have to be respectful of they Jewish customers. We got this information, and this person who gave us this information, he's going to be docked his salary for three months. Don't punish him too much. He'll become a very big anti-Semite. They're anti-Semites. They're anti-Semites already. If they did this, they're anti-Semites already. Anyway, I appreciate your phone call. Rabbi Yisrael Kahan, thank you for being with us. Look forward to having you back again. Thank you for your askanas. Thank you for your leadership in this situation. And uh, Rabbi Kahan is the community leader, executive director of the Ozrib Jewish Council. People want to learn more information about what you do. How can they contact you? The uh, Our office number is 845-613-4111. They can send an email, ykahan at oizrim, O-I-Z-R-I-M dot org. And um, thank you, Zeb, for the opportunity. Thank you for your efforts. I'll be Yisrael Kahan here on the TalkLine Network. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to TalkLine Communications Network, America's leading Jewish radio and TV network since 1981. For continuous nonstop Jewish broadcasting, please go right now online to TalkLineCommunications.com. For more information on all of TalkLine's Jewish radio and TV shows, 
please call 212-769-1925 or email info at talklinecommunications.com. Our 24-hour day listen line is 605-562-5174. That's 24-hour day listen line, 605-562-5174. Thank you for listening.